Welcome to Mom in Process, a podcast focused on bringing value back to the role of a full-time mom. You have the potential to change the world, and this is a role you should celebrate and never take lightly. Motherhood is a fluid identity, always shifting, always changing. You are and will forever be a mom in process. Hey, sweet mama, happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of Mom in Process. I'm your host and creator, Amy Cothran. As always, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy day to join me for a little bit of a conversation around growth and mindset, personal development, and mom life and stay-at-home mom life. So I'm just going to dive right in today. I know that it's Valentine's Day, so happy V-Day, happy Valentine's Day. You know, I kind of thought about what I wanted to talk about on Valentine's Day, and I couldn't genuinely come up with anything that I was passionate about because I had this other idea rolling around in my head. And I thought, you know, I just need to share kind of this, this experience that I went through and what I learned from this experience that I think would be more beneficial to you than just another Valentine Valentine's day conversation. There's so much out there already surrounding this holiday and, you know, things that you can do for your family. And, and so I I hope you did take a little bit of time to be intentional with the day, but don't beat yourself up. If you didn't do anything extraordinary or over the top or monumental, you know, turn off Pinterest, turn off social media. If you need, don't have a pity party because you didn't get a two dozen bouquet of roses from your husband gratitude is attitude is kind of my road and, and the path that I try and follow. And I try and be grateful for what we have in our lives, even if it isn't, you know, as monumental as the person sitting next to me or whatever. So let's just set all that aside today, set aside all of the Valentine's day conversation. And I want to talk to you about a birthday cake. If any of you follow me on Instagram, if any of you saw my stories, I posted a picture of a birthday cake that I made for my daughter. And I just thought, you know, I, I even posted on there. I think I need to do a podcast episode about this because I learned so many lessons from making this birthday cake. So what I want to talk about today is the four lessons I pulled away, which I kind of had to sum it up into four, but there were so many other things that I could have talked about, which I know is a little bit of an eye roll. So just bear with me, hang in there with me on this conversation and what I want to share with you, you know, uh, regarding a birthday cake and my experience and making it. But I do think that the lessons that I learned and kind of the takeaways that we can pull from this experience are, is really huge is, is really big. And the thing is, is a birthday cake as simple as it is, is really not simple. I mean, for all of you moms out there that are baking the birthday cakes and making the cupcakes and doing all the things for your kids, like taking a picture of the finished product makes it seem like it's really easy, but I know what goes into it because I'm a mom and you're a mom. And so I want to take what is seemingly a simple task and break that down into a couple of different lessons that I learned in this experience this year. Now, I'm going to be really honest. And I think I've talked about it before. Like I don't consider myself 
the cupcake mom. Like it was one of my freaking pet peeves when the kids were in public school to have all of these parties and have all of these expectations for these perfectly curated cupcakes and snacks and all the shit that we have to put together and make it look so beautiful and perfect. Like it's so frustrating for me and I don't enjoy it. I, I know that there are so many crafty moms out there. And if you're a crafty mom, my hat goes off to you, but I just know how I am. And if I craft or if I bake, or if I do something like that, it's because I want to do it. And it's because I want to do it in that moment. It's it really, and maybe this is my personality, but when I am forced to do something because it's on the school's checklist or on this, on the calendar or something, or somebody has an expectation of me to do it. And I get really kind of pissed off about it. I get really irritable in a sense, because I feel like I'm doing something not for myself and not just for my family, but for other people's expectations of how I should be performing and what I should be doing. So one of the things I love about homeschool is I don't have that pressure anymore. I don't have the expectations to be a certain type of mom or be a certain way. We can just be, I can just embrace who I am and who I am is not always the cupcake mom. We don't always do those things around here. And I'm, I've shared very openly that cooking with the girls and baking with the girls is something that I have to be, it's, I struggle with it because just because of who I am and they always all want to help at the same time. And so it's not something that comes easy to me. Okay. It's something that I want to include them in and I want them to be a part of, and I want to teach them, but it's not something that comes easy to me, but does that mean that I don't ever do it? No, not at all. I still bake cupcakes. I still make cakes. I still cook with the girls. I still bake with the girls. You know, I still do all these things, but I definitely am not an expert at it. I'm not really great at having the girls be involved, but I try. Okay. I really try now in the past for birthdays, we've bought birthday cakes. Absolutely. I've hired somebody to bake cupcakes. Absolutely. I've made them myself. Absolutely. We do funfetti waffles where we do birthday breakfast. This year was a little bit strange because we were traveling on Olivia's birthday and I wanted to do because we couldn't do the whole gift thing and the whole, you know, birthday breakfast thing for her birthday. I wanted it to still be intentional. I wanted to make her cake this year and I wanted it to just be simple. Okay. So lesson one, (laughs) diving right into our lessons. Don't ask the question if you don't want the answer. So I asked for input from Olivia what she wanted for a birthday cake this year with no boundaries surrounding that. I just asked the question, left it completely open for her to choose and to decide. So long story short, what ended up coming out of that question was a four layer chocolate cake with rainbow frosting. (laughs) And I realized at that point, when she said that I made a huge mistake because now I asked for her opinion. I asked for her input and I want her to feel valued with her input. And I want her to know that her opinion matters to me. So by that point, it was too late to turn back. I couldn't, I shouldn't have asked that question in that way. So lesson to be learned around this, ask their input, ask their opinion, absolutely fine, but maybe give them two options. 
two realistic options that you can actually accomplish. Because when she said a four layer chocolate cake with rainbow frostings, I went, oh shit, what have I done? <laughs> I know that I'm not a great baker. I, it'll turn out fine. It'll taste fine. But when I say I'm not a great baker, it's that I get very overwhelmed and frustrated and I, it, I make a mess and it's not as efficient. It's not as streamlined. Okay. So four layer chocolate cake with rainbow frosting. That's what Olivia wanted. And again, my thought was, oh shit, I've made a huge mistake by asking this question. So we plugged forward. Okay. And I wanted the girls to help with this. And that was another mistake that I had made was asking them if they wanted to help, if Olivia wanted to help. And she said, yeah, I would love to help. I want to help make, because she also wanted cupcakes too for her friends. So she wanted this cake, then she wanted cupcakes for her friends. So she wanted to help with that. And I was like, sure, that would be great. What a great experience for you to, you know, make your cake and your cupcakes and we'll serve this to your friends. And it's okay if it's not perfect and blah, blah, blah. Well, then Gracie wanted to help. So then Olivia, sweet little Olivia was like, yes, Gracie, I would love for you to help me with my cake and my cupcakes. And now here I am, the mom in the background that is just like, what the fuck have I done? This is going to be a disaster. You know, now I have you know, six hands in the kitchen. I have all, all three of us. And then Lily is still around and she hears, you know, what's going on and she wants to be involved. So this is, this is turning into a disaster, an absolute freaking disaster. And I was thinking like, in my mind, I was thinking basic chocolate sheet cake. Okay. Like when I originally started out in my mind, I thought basic chocolate sheet cake, I can handle this. We'll put a couple candles in it. It'll be great. But instead I asked Olivia's opinion and input from her. And that's what she decided. And then I made the mistake of allowing her to, you know, participate, but then not setting those boundaries. It was fine if I allowed her to participate, but then it just started spiraling. Now, I hear you. I hear what your thought process is. Amy, you could have just stepped in and said no. And I absolutely get that. And I understand what your thought process is from the outside looking in. But by this point, the kids were so excited and we were so committed to this already that they were, they were emotionally invested, right? They were emotionally invested in this. There really wasn't an opportunity for me to go back on what I said. I'd already made the mistake. Okay. This was a mistake that I made and now I have to live with it and now I have to figure it out. So we waited until the evening. We baked our cake during the day. So the baking of the cakes was okay. And the baking of the cupcakes was okay. We took turns and I was able to manage that because the toddler was sleeping. But then by the time everything cooled, we had done dinner. Lily was awake. So now we're trying to do frosting and I'm trying to figure out like, how am I going to get rainbow frosting on a cake? And I kept asking her like, how, how do you, what do you have envisioned? What do you have in your mind? How do you want me to do this? And if anybody, you guys don't know Olivia and I understand that maybe a couple of you do, uh, my friends that are listening, she gets these ideas in her head and she really gets them built up. She has a huge imagination and she's very forward thinking. So she already has, you know, she is the epitome of starting with the end in mind. She already knows what it's going to look like. So I'm trying to get that out of her. Okay. So when you say rainbow frosting, girlfriend, what are you, what are you meaning? What are you saying? 
So after all of this, I start looking at the amount of frosting that we need to have for a four layer chocolate cake. (laughs) And I kind of panicked because I didn't know if I had enough butter and powdered sugar to make the buttercream frosting. That's what we decided. So we didn't have to refrigerate it, even though I love a cream cheese frosting. We went with the buttercream frosting. Thank you, Betty Crocker. So we did end up having enough supplies. We did have enough powdered sugar. That was the biggest one. We start making this and I, I don't have enough frosting for just the cake itself. You guys, I made frosting four freaking times. Okay. Four separate times I had to make frosting and I would have had to make more frosting, but I had a store-bought jar of cream cheese frosting, which I ended up using at the very end. But what we ended up doing was, okay, would you be okay with a white buttercream frosting? And then I could put with the frosting spreader. I don't know if that's the technical term, by the way, see baking, baking, not the best. If we can, if mommy could color or draw a rainbow on it. And she was like, okay, sure. I think that's all right. We start going, <laughs> we start going on this cake and she, I can see the panic on her face. I can see the panic. Like, mom, I, I don't know. This isn't what it should look like. I don't know if this looks okay. And I just kept saying, I can do this. It's okay. I can do this. And then there was so much negative self-talk. I'm going to be really honest. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I don't know why I committed to this. I was getting really frustrated. And then I had to make the frosting again because there wasn't enough to go around the cake. And as I was spreading it, you know, the crumbs from the cake started getting into the frosting. And so it looked terrible. And that was on the first layer. So I got the first layer kind of figured out and I got like my method figured out. So I had to make more frosting. We started spreading more frosting and it was starting to kind of come together, but I'm telling you, it still really did not look good. And, uh, she said she wanted chocolate sprinkles. So I, but by then the buttercream frosting had started to harden. So I'm like pressing these sprinkles around this cake. Like what, what am I doing? I have no idea what I'm doing. I didn't look anything up on Pinterest. I just did something out of my imagination. Well, then you have to separate the frosting in order to have, you know, the, all of the different colors of the rainbow. So then you're putting all of these individual colors into the frosting for one tiny little line, one little loop. If you guys looked at my pictures, then I have to wash the whole thing, rinse it all out, put a little bit more in for one more loop of the rainbow and then wash it, put a little more in one more loop of the rainbow. It was, it was so chaotic. It was so much work for what was supposed to be something so simple and beautiful. And the entire time I was thinking, this is why I pay for somebody to do it. This is why we buy a cake. This is why I'm not the cupcake mom. But you know what? At the end of it, when it was all said and done, out of all the chaos of frosting everywhere, my kitchen was just a freaking disaster. There was frosting, colored frosting all over the place. You know, the next day I thought about it and I reflected on it and there was some really amazing moments within that. And in, in that moment, I was cursing in my mind. I was, you know, second guessing myself, negative self-talk, all of these, all of these negative things. But at the end of it, 
it's really, it was really such a good experience. And so lesson number two that I want to dive into now that you know a little bit of the story and I could go into even more details of the craziness of it, but I think you get the gist of like the tornado explosion that happened and how this completely spiraled into a total shit show. Number two is just because you aren't good at something doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Now, a lot of moms just say, I'm not a good baker. I accept that. And I move on. But what's the worst that could happen if you continue to try? And we're just going to keep using the the cake as, as an example, but you can insert anything else into this experience. What's the worst thing that could happen? Okay. Say you're not a cupcake mom. Say you're not a baker at all. I I do really love baking in my own terms, you know, in, in my own time, but I'm not the over the top cake decorator or cupcake decorator. You know, I can make a cupcake. I can bake bread. I can do some of that stuff, but I I'm, I'm not an expert at it by any means. And that's okay. But if you allow yourself to say, I don't enjoy baking or I'm not good at baking or whatever, and you never, ever, ever do it. You're really missing out on some incredible opportunities. So just because you aren't good at something or you think you aren't good at something doesn't mean you shouldn't ever try. You could insert gardening. I've never had a green thumb. I'm never going to try it again. But you have to ask yourself, is there a part of you that enjoys it? Or is there a part of you that could grow or learn from the experience if you did take the time to try again or try for the first time? I'm not a great cake maker, but does that mean that I shouldn't try? Because again, what was the worst that was going to happen? I fail at making it, it, I burn it, or I mess up all of the frosting and we go buy a cake, which was probably what we were going to do to begin with anyways. So it's, it's really not a big deal, but I guarantee you in that moment, I would have learned a lesson. I would have learned Maybe I need a different tool to help me spread the frosting. Maybe I needed to be a little more prepared in my ingredients. So next time I know if I want to do this, I need all the powdered sugar. You know, it all ended up working out for me, but say it didn't. Is there a lesson to be learned there? Instead of just saying, I failed, I'm never doing this again. So again, just because you aren't good at something doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Painters, perfect example. Not everyone is a good painter, but a lot of people paint and they paint for mental clarity. They paint for the peace that it brings them and they paint for the enjoyment of it, but they're probably not a good painter or may not be a good painter. I should say may not be a good painter, but they still do it. Are they selling their paintings or putting them up on their wall? No, but they enjoy the process. They enjoy what it brings them. So I enjoy baking the cake for my daughter because it's an act of love and I may have gotten frustrated and I may have gotten overwhelmed, but it was an act of love. And she saw that she understood that she recognized it. And it was an entire day's worth of an experience that I had committed to. And there was lessons to be learned in all of it. So lesson number three that I want to talk about that I pulled away from this was to have realistic expectations. And I don't want to say I went into this with too high of expectations, but 
you know, I, I didn't have a vision for it to be like this perfectly curated cake or these perfectly curated cupcakes. But what I mean by expectations is the expectations that we have on ourselves to perform. Hey, sweet mama. I just wanted to pause this episode for a brief minute and ask a huge favor of you. If you could take a minute when you're done listening to this episode and leave me a rating and review on iTunes, I would really, really appreciate it. These ratings and reviews help me out more than you know. This content is free and in order for me to continue bringing you free quality content. I need that help from you to leave me that rating and review so we can build this community. Once you leave that review, go ahead and take a screenshot of it and send it to me so I can give you a great big thank you. I really appreciate all of the women in this community. So in order to give back, I just ask that you take a minute and only takes a minute to go onto iTunes. If you're not already there listening to this, leave me a rating, leave me a review. If you found value in this episode. If this episode and this community and this podcast has made you stop, made you think, improved your life, provided you with entertainment, made you laugh, made you cry, I would really appreciate that feedback from you in order to continue to build this community. Thank you so much for listening and we'll get back to the show. You need to have a realistic expectation for how you will perform in a moment of discomfort in a moment of trying something new or in a moment of working through something that you're not the best at. Okay. You need to have realistic expectations for your approach to that as well as realistic expectations for the outcome. But I'm not talking about having the, like I said, the perfectly curated cake. I'm talking about realistic expectations of yourself to perform in that moment. And I think that I could have probably done a little bit better at that because I had it in my mind that I could bake a four layer cake and spread frosting with no problem. Spreading frosting, by the way, that's an art in and of itself. You can watch YouTube videos on the best ways to, you know, spread frosting and turn it on the lazy Susan, which I don't have. And so one of the things that I learned is, and I've, I've thought about this before, you know, but in this moment with the cake, I guess I should say wasn't learned, but I was reminded, very obviously reminded about the fact that you can't be good at something or great at something if you never do it. So in order to lower your expectations, you have to understand, I don't do this on a regular basis. So I cannot go into this thinking that I'm going to bake a perfect cake or that I'm going to Bake it efficiently, effectively, spread my frosting properly, all of these things. How can you be good at something if you never do it? So if you're just going to go out there and say, I'm going to, you know, plan the perfect party, you, and you've never planned a party before, you're essentially setting yourself up for heartache and frustration. But if you say, I've never planned a party before, but I'm going to go into this with the mindset of I'm learning and I'm going to do the best that I can. And at the end of it, they're going to open gifts and they're going to gather and they're going to feel loved and that's it. Okay. That is a realistic expectation for your skills, for your capabilities. If you've never done something before, 
I could have lowered my expectations for what I wanted for this cake or how I wanted this cake to turn out. If I would have just reminded myself, girlfriend, you don't bake cakes. (laughs) The last time I made a four layer cake, I was probably about seven years ago, eight years ago before I had children. Okay. Now here I am a mom of three. I have a brand new puppy in the house. I have a busy toddler thinking that I'm going to make this perfect four layer cake for my little girl's sixth birthday. No, no. And, and do it with a happy heart. Like, no, that that's not a realistic expectation. I should have been like, Amy, you've bit off more than you can chew. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get overwhelmed and that's okay. So let's do the best you can get this shit done and show her how much you love her. But instead I still had it in my mind that it, that I, I could do this, you know, happily and just fine. all hunky dory. Like it's not, it wasn't realistic because I don't do this on a regular basis. So lesson number four, there's beauty in the struggle. And this one, I really want to tackle. And I really, I really want to dive into this because I think that we are at a place in our lives in society where everything is about comfort and everything is about what's easy and what's simplified. And I think that is one of the things that is leading us to not being fulfilled because we are biologically programmed to find the struggle, to push forward, to continuously take steps and action steps to survive, right? And if we're constantly trying to make things simple and make things easy, how are you ever going to grow? Growth comes from discomfort, from getting out of that comfort zone. And there's beauty in that, especially when we're doing it around our kids, especially when my daughters were watching me struggle through this, okay? I wrote down a couple of words that my kids saw me struggling with, or that my kids witnessed, I should say some words that my daughters witnessed in this process. And this is just a few, a few words out of probably a hundred. They saw me frustrated. They saw me struggling. They saw me get messy and the kitchen get messy. They saw me determined. They saw resilience as things weren't working. I had to keep pivoting. I had to keep changing. We ran out of frosting. I could have threw the hat in and just said, I'm done. But instead it was like, get out more butter, four and a half more cups of powdered sugar. You know, we just kept moving. It was the frosting was crumbling, getting crumbles in it from the cake. Just kept trying. I added more frosting. I had to smooth it out. I had to keep tweaking and keep trying. They also saw the imperfection in not only me, but also the cake itself. Okay. And that was okay. That was 100% okay for them to see me as an imperfect person for the cake to be imperfect. Also, uh, they saw my optimism. They saw me keep, they, they saw me saying, I can do this. It'll work out. It's okay. I I can still do this. They witnessed negative self-talk. They did. And I had to apologize for it. Like I shouldn't have said those things about myself. You know, they, they saw me being hard on myself and I'm not proud of that part, but it also shows that I was human and it showed them that I recognized that I wasn't being kind to myself and I had to change 
that immediately right there. Okay. They saw my effort, my constant effort in this process and just trying and, you know, again, that goes back to that resilience, but the effort in moving forward, they saw my success. They saw when it was done and it was completed and it ended up turning out. If you guys saw my stories, I'll probably repost it again. It turned out. Okay. It was fine. And everybody at the birthday party thought that I had actually bought it, which I was laughing about because if you looked really close, it was very clear that it was not a purchased cake, (laughs) but you know what, you know, it was on my dinner plate. I didn't even have a cake stand to put it on and she absolutely loved it. But in the process, in the process of all of this, they witnessed so many things that I had to go through to bake the cake. And so the process of getting out of your comfort zone, the process of trying something new or doing something that you're not good at gives an opportunity for your children to see you be human. Okay. It, it gives them the opportunity to see you show them love through your determination and trying something new. And if we never get out of our comfort zone, I feel like we're doing ourselves and our children a disservice, especially, you know, stay at home moms when we're around them all day and they have this opportunity to see us, to witness us. We oftentimes put ourselves up on this pedestal of expecting perfection. We want our kids to see us as this, you know, human who never makes mistakes, who is a good cook and is a, you know, a good sewer and all of these good things, all of these good characteristics and qualities. And, you know, but the thing is, is, is that's not really setting up, setting them up for the real world, right? Because we're not always good at everything we do. And if we only do the things that we're always good at, we're never allowing ourselves to grow and we're never allowing our children to witness the struggle to witness the frustration, to witness the anger. And that's all part of life. Struggle, anger, frustrations, all of those emotions, all of those actions, all of those feelings, that's part of life. And it's kind of, I I know that it's a little bit laughable that I'm doing this, you know, and talking about this all around a birthday cake, but this was one experience that I chose to see through, to move forward with. And in that moment, it was an absolute shit show, but I'm so proud of myself because it would have been easier for me to tell Olivia, I'm not making that. No, absolutely not. Now, is there a moment in time that I've told the kids I'm not doing that? No. Yes. But I committed to doing this one. I committed to saying yes to the struggle, to the frustration, to the overwhelm. I said yes to the mess. (laughs) I said yes to the abundance of frosting all over my kitchen. And from that came this really incredible outcome, this really incredible experience. I'm not saying that the cake was incredible, but what we went through together as, as a family and the girls and I, that part really was incredible when you, when you do the reflective work on it and when you step back and you think about it. So one of the things that I want to compare this to is having a baby. 
what if, what if the beauty in life, what if the whole purpose, the whole idea of life, the beauty in life is about this struggle. And we never allow ourselves to feel that and try new things and work through this process. But that's the point of life, right? Is the struggle. So if, if that's the point, but we never allow ourselves to feel that or to experience that you're missing out on something. And in my opinion, I think that is going to lead you to a lack of fulfillment. It's going to lead you to feeling unhappy because it goes against what we're biologically programmed to do. And society wants us to feel comfortable. Society wants it to be easy. Society wants you to pay for the cupcakes and to pay for the cake, you know, to be done for you. So you don't have to feel discomfort. So you don't have to feel the struggle. But what if the point of life is to feel the struggle? Then you're missing out on it. You're missing out on life. The story that I'm telling you, what I went through with the girls, that's life. It's, it's not about going to the store and buying the cake to then just show it at the birthday party for them to eat it and then be done. It's about baking it. It's about making the mess and cleaning it up and having the conversations and getting close together and getting frustrated at each other and apologizing to each other and then showing each other love. It, that is life. These are the things that we have to work through in order to feel, in order to be living. And so birth, birth to me is one of the most beautiful examples of this. You can't have a baby without the struggle, no matter how you have your baby. Okay. Any way you have your baby, there is struggle, even through adoption, there's struggle, there's pain, there's just a lot of discomfort. (laughs) That is part of the process. And just when you think you can't do it, just when you feel like giving up, that's when it's time to meet your baby. And when you meet your baby, that is the moment that you realize it's all worth it. The pain, the struggle, the frustration, the agony, all of it, the tears for me, the vomit, (laughs) literally all of that, all of that makes it worth it. When you hold that beautiful baby, all of the pain, all of the struggle, all of the frustrations that I went through to bake the cake for Olivia was all worth it. When I took it to the party and she couldn't stop talking about it. She was raving about how beautiful the cake was and Gracie talked about how beautiful the cake was and Arden, their little friend talked about how beautiful the cake was. And trust me, if you saw the picture, it's, it's beautiful in its way because it's homemade, but it's not, it does not look anything like a store-bought cake and the outcome of it, the result ended up being a pretty nice cake. I got to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back for it. Honestly, it, it, we pulled through. Okay. But that made it worth it. The love that I put into it to do that for my daughter even with the frustration, even with the overwhelm, that moment made it worth it. And it's probably time will tell. We'll never know until she's older, but I'm going to guess that that cake was 
probably going to be one of the more memorable cakes that she has. I'm not saying I'm never going to do a four layer cake again. Maybe I'll do another one. Maybe, maybe not, but maybe the next time I do do it, maybe I'll be more willing to say yes with realistic expectations. I'll know a little bit better because I've done it and maybe we can approach it with a little more joy this time because we've lowered our expectations. You know, I can ask questions with boundaries around them. I can, you know, understand that just because I'm not good at it or great at it doesn't mean I can't try. And also knowing that if something happens, I can always go buy one. Okay. But the beauty comes in the struggle and the growth comes from the struggle. And I I think that that is such an important concept and an important mindset shift for us to have in motherhood, because we want to too often we want to protect ourselves from moments of discomfort and this, we always want to approach things so that it's easy. Let's just do something. So it's easy. And I, I get that. I do. There are seasons in life where you should do something that's easy, but there's also seasons in life that it's okay to struggle. So if you're in a season of life right now where you're going through some struggles and things are really challenging. I want you to know on the other side of that, there is beauty, there is growth, and there will be a point and a moment that you can look back and say, this was worth it, or there was a point to this, or I learned from this. And there is growth. There is growth on the other side. So bake the cake, bake the cupcakes. You don't have to do it every year. You don't have to do it for every birthday, but try. And if this isn't a season for you to try, that's okay too. Maybe try next time. Maybe this isn't an area that you want to struggle in. Maybe there's another area that you want to challenge yourself in. And I don't want to say struggle like it's a bad thing either. Challenge is struggle. Okay. Struggle is challenge. They're one in the same in order to have something challenging, you have to struggle through it. Okay. And in order to struggle, you're overcoming a challenge. Okay. So I want you to remember that it's okay. If you're not comfortable, it's okay. That things aren't always easy because from that is beauty. So let's bake the cake. Let's be the moms that bake the cake and bake the cupcakes on occasion and lower our expectations for ourselves and understand that this is life. This is the beauty in life. And this is the purpose of life. The struggle is life. So go bake the cake, have fun with your kids. Enjoy your Valentine's day. If you're listening to this on Valentine's day. And I just, I want to wrap you in a, I want to end this by wrapping you in a big virtual audio hug and just make sure that you know that I see you And I see everybody in this community struggling and working through things and being the best mom you possibly can be. But all of us need to be working on ourselves first. You have to work on yourself before you can then go raise the future generation and live this life as a fulfilled stay-at-home mom. 
And I see you, I see all of you being a part of this and all of you working on yourselves. And I'm, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so grateful to have you all in my life because this is a process that I'm going through also learning to bake the cakes and doing the cupcakes. You know, I wanted to share this with you because we are all perfectly imperfect. And I'm going to, I'm never going to stop saying that. And this is just a moment that I went through as a mother. And I hope that it helps you understand that we're all going through these struggles and these having these individual triumphs all at the same time. So thank you so much for listening today, sweet mama. I look forward to talking to you all again very soon. Hey, sweet mama. Thank you so much for joining me in today's conversational journey on mom in process. If you found value in today's episode, if you enjoyed this episode, if it made you laugh, if it made you cry, if it made you think, please be sure to share it with another mama friend. And don't forget to tag me on social media. Another way for us to build this community and help me bring you free quality content is by leaving me a rating and review on iTunes. I cannot stress enough how important that is to this community and to me as a podcaster. If you'd like to continue the conversation, I encourage you to join the Mom in Process Facebook group. I also bring you inspirational and educational content through Instagram as well. Please remember your role is incredibly valuable and has the potential to improve our world. Thank you so much for listening and spending your valuable time with me today. I look forward to talking to you again very soon.